0: we've we've been through the seven seven churches of revelation and um, I think it's been good i think God has had something to say to us from each of the seven churches and uh, he's still speaking uh, to the to the churches today so he who is in ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches so <coughs> No harm to do a recap if if you get a chance, just on those seven churches and um, what the Lord was saying to them, and and how appropriate that is uh, for your life. But today we're we're moving into chapter chapter four, uh, chapter four of Revelation, and it's, it 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 uh, sort of marks a new section in the book of Revelation. A new section in, in, in the revelation that was given to John. Uh, <clears throat> so it really is a. We're, we're turning a new chapter in, in, in more ways, in more ways than one. So turn with me to Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne, and in appearance like an emerald around the throne there were 24 thrones and on the thrones i saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes and they had crowns of gold on their heads and from the thrones proceeded lightnings thunderings and voices seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne which are the seven spirits of god before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal and in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature like a calf. The third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honour and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, you are worthy O lord to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created Amen. Amen. amen amen father i do pray this morning that you will give us a sense of your holiness of your majesty of your glory and lord of your power In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So, what? What a scene! The throne room of God. So, John, he had he had, had the revelation of the seven churches, and now he hears a, a voice like a trumpet. He was standing at a door open in heaven. So. John was getting access into the throne room of God and the trumpet, the voice like the trumpet said to him, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this, which must take place. So these things are definitely going to take place after the revelation or um, the letter to the, to the seven churches. So we know there were things that were going to play, take place for each of the seven churches. And there was a warning and there was an encouragement. But after this, many other things would take place. And um, God was going to reveal to John, true Jesus, the revelation that was given to Jesus, that was then given to John, about the things that were going to take place after this and so that sets the scene for essentially uh, the rest of the book of of, of Revelation but before he's told about the things that are going to take place he's given a vision or even more you could argue than a vision he's actually given uh, a, a access he's given access into the very throne room of God. So we, we know in, in Revelation there are a, a lot of symbols, and we've talked about this before. There's um, <clears throat> what we call a, apocryphal. It's, a, it's an apocryphal book, and so it's, it, a lot of it is very symbolic. You'll, you'll, you'll see things like beasts and horns, etc., and a lot of them aren't meant to be taken literally, but they have a symbolism for something else. Just like the uh, the double-edged sword coming out of the mouth of Jesus is talking about the word of God rather than Jesus actually having a, a, a double-edged sword. But here in, in chapter 4 it's not so clear <clears throat> that this is symbolism. This appears to be more like a glimpse of what the throne room of heaven actually looks like. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that it's not symbolic in the sense that you know um, what we see in heaven is representative of something something larger um, that that it's something larger or something um, or the reality of it is reflected in a different way in Earth. But it appears it appears that this is an actual snapshot into the throne room of God. <clears throat> And the reason, the reason I say that is because this is not the first time that we see a glimpse of heaven. If you turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 1. Ezekiel chapter 1. So Ezekiel was a prophet of God based in Babylon at the time of Israel's captivity in Babylon. So they'd been taken away from Israel. They'd been punished by God for 70 years. They were in, in, in Babylon. And Ezekiel had a vision. Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river Shebar, that the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. On the fifth day of the month, which was in the fifth year of King Joachim's captivity, the word of the Lord came expressly to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzai, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Shebar, and the hand of the Lord was upon him there. And then I looked, and behold, a whirlwind was coming out of the north, a great cloud with raging fire engulfing itself, and a brightness was all around it, and radiating out of its mists was like the colour of amber, out of the midst of the fire. Also from within it it came the likeness of four living creatures. And this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. Each one had four faces, and each one had four wings. Their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like the soles of calves' feet. They sparkled like the colour of burnished bronze. The hands of a man were under their wings, and on their four sides, and on each of the four had faces and wings. Their wings touched one another. The creatures did not turn when they went, but each one went straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces, each had the face of a man, each of the four had the face of a lion on the right side, each of the four had the face of an ox on the left side, and each of the four had the face of an eagle. So we straight away, we see the similarities between Revelation and Ezekiel. But do you spot the difference? There's a difference there as well. The difference in Revelation was one of the creatures had a face like a lion one of the creatures had a face like a man one had a feature had a a face like a um eagle or, or was like an eagle and one um had the face of an ox and here each creature has each of those faces if that makes sense okay but there's definitely similarities and if you take nothing else from, from, from the sermon this morning, it's so important that we know the Old Testament. We know our word. Because unless we understand the Old Testament, we won't really understand the New Testament. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And in particular with the book of Revelation, we see so much. Some people say something like 60% of, the, of, the, of Revelation is referenced in the Old Testament. So it's very important for a very difficult book like Revelation to make sure that we know our scriptures. Verse 11, Thus were their faces, their wings stretched upward. Two of their wings, each one touched one another, and two covered their bodies, and each one went straight forward. They went wherever the Spirit wanted to go, and they did not turn when they went. As for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire, like the appearance of torches going back and forth among the living creatures. The fire was bright and out of the fire was lightning, and the living creatures ran back and forth in appearance like a flash of lightning. Now as I looked at the living creatures, behold, a wheel was on the earth beside each living creature with its four faces. The appearance of the wheels and their workings was like the color of beryl, and all four had the same likeness. The appearance of their workings was, as it were, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. When they moved, they went toward any one of four directions. They did not turn aside when they went. As for their rims, they were so high, they were awesome, and their rims were full of eyes all around the four of them. When the living creatures went, the wheels went beside them, and when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up. Wherever the Spirit wanted to go, they went, because there the spirit went, and the wheels were lifted together with them, for the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. When, they, when those went, these went. When those stood, these stood. And when those were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up together with them, for the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. The likeness of the firmament above the heads of the living creatures was like the color of an awesome crystal stretched out over their heads." And under the firmament, their wings spread out straight, one toward another. So again, we see, like in Revelation, where there was a crystal sea. There's this crystal firmament, which is, as far as I understand, essentially like a sea. Each one had two, uh, sorry, and under the firmament, their wings spread out straight, one toward another. Each one had two, which covered one side. Each one had two, which covered the other side of their body. When they went, they heard the noise, no, no, noise, noise of their wings, like the noise of many waters, like the voice of the Almighty, a tumult like the noise of an army. And when they stood still, they let down their wings. A voice came from above the firmament that was over their heads. Whenever they stood, they let down their wings. And above the firmament, over their heads, was the likeness of a throne, in appearance like a sapphire stone, on the likeness of of a throne was a likeness of the appearance of a man high above it. Also from the appearance of his waist and upward I saw, as it were, the colour of amber, with the appearance of fire around within it. And from the appearance of his waist and downward I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire with brightness all around. Like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the brightness all around it. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of God. We will not going into an (laughs) in-depth application or in-depth interpretation of that. But again, I, I just want us to get a sense one Of the connection between what Ezekiel saw and what the Apostle John saw. They were seeing something of the throne room of God and they were seeing something of the glory of God. And there I say the glory of Jesus. If you have seen me said Jesus you have seen the Father. And yet, when we see this, we see a glory that is beyond human comprehension, absolutely beyond human comprehension. And yet, we also see something that is as real as the person you are sitting beside, as real as the seat that you are sitting on. It is the reality of heaven, the reality of the eternal glory and power, and magnificence of God. And Ezekiel and John, they get a sneak peek, so to speak, into this. There is a third um, example or a third um, <clears throat> instance of, of this sort of sneak preview. Of of heaven, and it's in Isaiah chapter 6, a very familiar passage to us all. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Say it again. Holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door was shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me! your iniquity is taken away and your sin is perched. So, there are the three glimpses, if you like, that we have of, of the throne room of God. Two from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament two from uh, the prophets Isaiah and Ezekiel, and one you could say the prophet the prophet and apostle um, John. In each instance, one, one thing that I find interesting about them is that in each instance, the visions came at a time um, of great need for the people of God. So with Isaiah, it was when King Uzziah died, he was a, Israel was a very uh, prosperous nation under the, the uh, under the rule of King Uzziah, but and he was faithful to God. He you know most of the time he he obeyed uh, God and he, and he he sought God, uh, but then he turned away. And then there was a new king, uh, uh, King Ahaz, as far as I remember. Let me just double check that. Yes, King, the wicked King Ahaz came and replaced uh, King Isaiah. So they were entering uh, a time, uh, a very difficult time. Similarly, with, with Ezekiel, obviously, the Israelites had been taken uh, captive in Babylon. And then with the Apostle John, um, the, the church, as we, as we, we found, were, was, was under a lot of persecution at the time. So in the three, three instances, they are all times of, of great need for, for, for the people of God. And he reveals something of him, himself and something of his throne room. And, and one thing that we see are these living creatures. And they all have these wings. Some have four wings, some have six wings. Some have four heads. Some have single heads with different um, faces on, on their heads but they're worshipping they're worshipping the Lord they're before God and they're worshipping but they're creatures they're living creatures God created them and it must have been an, aw- an awesome experience an absolutely awesome experience well, what I want to focus on this morning very briefly was the holiness of God. Both in, in the Revelation to John and in the Revelation to Isaiah, these living creatures, the first thing they cry out is holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Or in Revelation chapter four. Holy. Holy, holy, the Lord God Almighty, who was and is to come. And in Isaiah, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is, is full of his glory. To say the word holy twice in Hebrew is to describe someone as most holy. To say the word holy three times intensifies the idea to the highest level. In other words, the holiness of God is indescribable in human language. To be holy means to be different, distant or transcendent. Thus the song of the seraphim is a constant refrain that the transcendence, complete difference of God Is indescribable. And yet. Although the Lord. Is perfect. In his mercy. He still reaches down. To take care of us. The whole earth. Is filled with his glory. So this morning. I just wanted us to think. On that the holiness. Of God to be reminded that God is holy. He is different, he is pure, and he is nothing that we can, in one sense, comprehend with our finite mind. The visions that Ezekiel, Isaiah, and John had We're so out of this world. In a sense, it's very hard to translate them onto the page, uh, the written page. But even that, it gives us some sense of the magnificence, but also the holiness, the complete difference of God. God is eternal. We are finite. God is immortal. We are mortal. God is perfect. We are imperfect. And words do not do justice to the difference that God is to us. And yet, and yet, we have Jesus saying, If you have seen the Father, you have seen me. We also have Jesus saying, Be holy as I Holy, be no, as sorry, as the Lord your God is holy, be holy as the Lord your God is holy. So, how can we possibly comprehend or attain the holiness of God? I definitely think we have lost a sense of the holiness of God, both in terms of a pure purity and also in a sense of a wonder an altogether otherness of god we have in this world today so much information you might even say tmi too much information that we think we know pretty much everything there is very little mystique mystery left Because you can get the answer, you know, at the click of a mouse now. But the holiness of God, no human mind can possibly comprehend or attain. Even the living creatures were worshipped. They had to cover their their faces. They worshipped God and their first the first words that they would say were holy, holy, holy. And the words that they say right now are holy, 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 the Lord of hosts, the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And there we see it, even though he's a holy, holy, holy God, the whole earth It's filled with his glory. So God, while he is holy, fills the earth with his glory. And he does it principally through, not just just through creation, but through Jesus and then through his church. But I do want us just to dwell on that for a minute. God is holy. He is completely holy. Otherworldly, shall we say. And yet, he reveals his nature to us. We cannot, with our human mind, comprehend him. But God can reveal what his holiness is by the spirit that lives within us. By the spirit that lives within us. So in some sense, we can understand the holiness of God. But not through our human nature. We can understand the nature of God, which is completely different, but it's through the Spirit revealing it to us. Audrey and myself went to uh, visited a, a church on Friday, uh, the Romanian church up, in, um, up the road, um, the Batania church up in uh, on Powerstown Road. And uh, we met the pastor because um, we, we had told him that Esther had a vision a few years ago about a, a cross and then children kneeling at a cross outside her school. And there was no church there. And now there is an amazing church. I mean, um, um, I would say unbelievably, uh, unbelievable church, almost, you know, come down from heaven, you know, New Jerusalem church is an amazing church. And, and the Lord has blessed these um, people. It's a Romanian church, but they want to reach out to, to the whole community. And, and we had a lovely time just just chatting uh, with the pastor, Pastor Valerian, and uh, we just pray a blessing that the Lord would increase um, that church. But he, t- he was just telling us, such, so, let me show you around the church. And the more, the more he showed me, the more I was like, "Wow, wow, wow!" Just there was so much. They showed us the the worship, the, the young children worshiping. There was on, on a video of like sixty kids on on violins, um, small kids. I was like, "Wow!" They showed us the office, and ama- uh, absolutely amazing. And you're in awe. I was genuinely in awe. This, you know, just the goodness of God. And, but it also felt completely inadequate. I thought, oh gee, look at our, our little church. What have we got? <laughs> We've got a cabinet. We got a new cabinet last week and that's got everything, <laughs> you know. And you, when you're in the holiness, when you're in something that is perfect, you're so aware of your own imperfection. That's when you become aware of your imperfection. And I was mm. so aware of our imperfection. But, but God you know, does not despise the day of small beginnings. Amen? Amen. But we see here with Isaiah and with Ezekiel, they were so aware of their imperfection. And in particular, particular Isaiah said, Woe is me. Woe is me. And I think we probably need to be more aware of the holiness of God the holiness of God. It is by grace you have been saved. Through faith it is not a works. Lest any man. Any man should boast. And so. Where does that leave us? The holiness of God. There was. In the Old Testament. You, you, you probably know of the day of atonement. Yom Kippur. In Leviticus chapter 16, where there was the high priest would go in once a year and sacrifice on behalf of himself and the nation of Israel. And he would go into the Holy of Holies, the most holy place, once a year. And they would tie a, a rope around. The, the, the priest in case when he went in to the holy of holies he was struck dead uh, because of his his unholiness or his sinfulness and they would have to pull him out nobody could go into this most holy place just very briefly go to leviticus chapter 16 Verse two says, no, start with verse one. Now the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they offered profane fire before the Lord and died. They offered profane fire. It wasn't according to the law that Moses had been given. They were too full of, if you like, confidence in themselves. They offered profane fire. They did not have that humility. When they offered profane fire before the Lord, and they died. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron your brother to come at just not not to come just at any time into the holy place, the holy of holies, inside the veil before the mercy seat which is on the ark, lest he die for I will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. So God was going to appear in, that, in the cloud, in the cloud, so to speak, above the mercy seat. And if, if there was not holiness there, he would die. And God was saying, even Aaron, the high priest, he can't just think he can, he can come in whenever he wants, swan in whenever he wants. Just like the two lads with the profane fire. no. Absolutely not. Once a year, once a year, he can come in. And it's interesting, it says in verse 13, And he shall put the incense on the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat that is on the testimony, lest he die. Sorry, verse 12, then he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from the altar before the Lord, with the hands full of sweet incense beaten fine, and bring it inside the veil. So there we see again the, the burning coals. And when we see in the book of Isaiah, they, the, the seraphim, they took the coals from the altar, the burning coals, and it speaks of the sacrifice. It is only by the sacrifice that we can enter into the holy place I'm going to finish with um, Hebrews Hebrews 10:10 10, 10. before I do that have we have you, experienced the holy presence of God? Have you come into God's holy presence recently? None of us, none of us deserve to come in. Aaron could only come in once a year. And that's only when the sacrifices, all the sacrifices were made. Everything was cleansed. Couldn't come in whenever he wanted to. But now we have a way open that we can come into the holy place. The way is made open uh, by the blood, the sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice of Jesus. How often have we come in to the most holy place? Into the very presence of God. How often have you experienced that? Have you experienced it recently? Are you happy to mingle with the crowd in the outer courts? Or do you want to come in and experience the presence, the holiness of God? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10. We have been sanctified, that is, made holy through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Not once a year, once for all. And every priest stands ministering daily, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being made holy. Those who are being sanctified. We are being made holy by Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. We are being made holy. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us for after he had said for he had said before this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days says the Lord I will put my law into their hearts and in their minds and I will write them then he adds their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now when there is remission of these forgiveness of these there is no longer an offering for sin. Therefore brethren having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. We now have boldness. The boldness. Not not the lad to enter the the profane fire. Not that kind of boldness. We have a boldness based on what Jesus did on the cross. To enter the holy place we have had our lips so to speak touched by the burning coal from the altar to enter the holy place by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest that's jesus over the house of god let us draw near let us draw near with a true heart In full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So, we're not talking about a physical act here, we're talking about our hearts and our conscience. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who is promised is faithful, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more as we see the day approaching. So I believe this morning God wants us to enter boldly into the most holy place. And our confidence is based on the finished work Of Jesus Christ. What he has done. We enter in the full assurance of. Faith. We need faith to believe. We read here in the scripture. The awesome presence. Of the throne of God. The awesome. Wonder of the throne of God. And it seems so far removed from. Our mundane life. But it is. Not just a symbol. There is a throne room. In heaven. And Jesus is seated on the throne. And the angels. And the seraphim. Are crying holy holy. Is the Lord God almighty. Who was and is. And is to come. The whole earth is filled. With your glory. They're proclaiming. The reality that is in the earth. And we should be proclaiming the reality that is in heaven. But if we want to know God, if we truly want to know Him, we have to enter into the most holy place. And we can do it with the full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled with a pure conscience with a pure conscience. So, uh, this morning, we're going to have a couple couple of songs, uh, but let's examine our hearts and let's come boldly into his presence and believe that God wants to to meet us in the holy place. Amen. Amen.